Greetings, this is Terry Whitfield for the Terry Whitfield Yashab in Israel podcast show back at you one more again with the topic of discussion today, Chris Harris, the crybaby, the lying crybaby. Now, this guy is running around here telling lies about me. He running around here saying that he heard me say that the Anglo-Saxons were black. Nah, I didn't say that. I said it's up in the air. There's people that said that he's white. There's people who said he's black. So in my mind, it's up in the air. Now, I made it clear that it was up in the air. And the reason why I stated that was because I can't go with anybody else's knowledge. I can only go with my own. And I made it clear that my research had led me to, uh, it led me to understand that the Anglo-Saxons were Germanic people. Now, do I have to be uh, 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 the one to spoon feed this guy, Sotnetta? Am I the one to spoon feed Chris? Do I have to spoon feed these guys to what Germanic means? Do they know whether Germans are white or black then, today, and tomorrow? The Germans have always been white. Let's, let's dig into this. Chris Harris, MVP Chris Harris, this is a goddamn setup, nigga. And the hitman we got for your ass, his name is Yasha Ben Israel. Yasha, go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. Shalom Aleikum. Peace to the family of Israel. Peace to all my black family, all my black African family all around the world. This is Yasha Hamalaki bin Israel, the most formidable Israelite alive. And I offer a challenge to Mr. Chris Harris emanating right here from your hometown, the city of Detroit, my nigga. Yeah. There's a lot of goofy things that you said, man, in, 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 in your last uh, interview or whatever y'all was doing over here, man. A lot of false information, brother. A lot of false information. And, 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 and a lot of logical fallacies, my brother. You know, you, 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 the, brother, the brother said so much, so many things. Everything he said, I could debunk with facts. Mm. You did with facts. I'm gonna show you some some crazy stuff, my man said. He was saying something about uh hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, don't 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 give up no don't give up no juice right now. Just go ahead and give everybody a little background information about who you are, how long you've been in right, your background, and then we're gonna go to my brother just up. See if you can do that in less than three minutes. Three minutes, no more than three minutes. Nah, I hope I just let him get going just for oh, a minute. I, 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 I am. I don't want him to give up no information for Chris Harris to use. I can give it. I can give it. Now, yeah, I'm an Israelite. I started this game as a thug in the streets who advanced to a Pentecostal minister who became an Israelite. New Testament. It, It then advanced to the Old Testament. Oh, I skipped something. I was Pan African. I did uh, do a lot of years in the Pan-African movement. 
I ran with the Detroit Malik Shabazz. There's two Malik Shabazz. There's Zoom, I know what you're talking about. The big brother. The big brother Malik. Yeah, that's my home. And yeah, that's I my also, man too. I know what you're talking about. I also was running with him I, when when every time uh uh anybody came to Detroit. It was my Hebrew squad that was bodyguarding them. Let me ask you a question, Ben. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, Ben. Um, how long have you been a Hebrew Israelite? Over 30 years. 30 years. So you should have an answer for this. Um, the King James Version of the Bible. Who translated it? Who translated the King James Version of the Bible? Were they white people? Who translated it? I didn't say who wrote it. I'm saying who translated the book. The book that we got today that we are reading in the street. The book that we go online and we read in the King James Version. Who translated that? You've been in this joint for 30 years, brother. Well, now notice he asked me not who wrote it. Because he's trying to circumnavigate around giving Israelites the glory. Quite naturally, any... The logical, intelligent, red, well-read man, or even a simply read man, if you ask them who wrote the Bible, an uh, uh, intelligent answer would be the Israelites. So he didn't say who wrote the Bible. He wanted to circumnavigate around me saying the Israelites. So he asked me who translated the Bible. And I told him clearly it was a team of Frank, with Frank Francis Bacon. That was the best answer, and it was a correct answer. Now, notice clearly here, I'm going to tell him that these were, uh, 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 they were Anglo-Saxons, which are a Germanic people. I did state that it was up in the air because there was some information presented to me by a man who I respect as a much more older and wiser historian. He has years of experience over me. This man's name was Clyde Winters. Clyde Winters uh, presented me with some information when he was saying that up until a certain point in history, around the 16th century, that England was dominated and ruled by blacks. This is what uh, a well, well, well-read, well-learned, well-educated professor and scholar of African history by the name of Clyde Winters. He presented some new information here. So let's dig into this and let's see if Chris Harris is lying when he said that he heard me say the Anglo-Saxons were white. King James sanctioned it and he had a crew with him of, 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 of people with him. Number one cats like Francis Bacon, whom we know of as uh, William Shakespeare translated the King James Bible. Were they European Jews or any any of them? Uh, none of them were Jews. Now, whether they were white or black, uh, I believe personally, okay, that that they they were Anglo-Saxons. For King James was an Anglo-Saxon. That's fact. Now it's up in the air whether the whether the Saxons and whether the Anglo-Saxons were white or black. Here I said personally, I made it clear that the Anglo-Saxons were white. Let's listen to that again. James sanctioned it and he had a crew with him of, 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 of people with him. Number one cast like Francis Bacon, 
who we know of as uh, William Shakespeare, translated the King James Bible. Were there European Jews or any any of them? Uh, none of them were Jews. Now, whether they were white or black, uh, I believe personally, okay, that that they they were Anglo-Saxons. For King James was an Anglo-Saxon. That's fact. Now it's up in the air whether the whether the Saxons in the, whether the Anglo-Saxons were white or black. Me personally, the Saxons and the Anglo's, which what we get English from, Angloland, Ingoland, England, the Anglo's, the white man. I believe that they were the Germanic Nordic uh, 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 Germanic groups. That's fact. Now it's up in the air whether the whether the Saxons. In the, whether the Anglo-Saxons were white or black. Me, personally, the Saxons and the Anglos, which what we get English from, Angloland, Ingoland, England, the Anglos, the white man, I believe that they were the Germanic Nordic, uh, 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 Germanic groups. Uh, but there's people today saying that uh, the Stuarts were black. You know, so and, in other words, and, you don't and know I'm beginning to start looking into that. Man, I believe that they were the Germanic Nordic, uh, 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 Germanic groups. Uh, none of them were Jews. Now, whether they were white or black, uh, I believe personally, okay, that that they they were Anglo-Saxons. For King James was an Anglo-Saxon. That's fact. Now it's up in the air whether the whether the Saxons and whether the Anglo-Saxons were white or black. Me personally, the Saxons and the Anglo's, which what we get English from, Angloland, Ingoland, England, the Anglo's, the white man. I believe that they up in the air whether the whether the Saxons and whether the Anglo-Saxons were white or black. Me personally. The Saxons and the Anglo's, which what we get English from, Angloland, Ingoland, England, the Anglo's, the white man, England, the Anglo's, the white man. I believe that they were the Germanic Nordic, uh, 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 uh Germanic groups. Saxons and the Anglo's, which what we get English from, Angloland, Ingoland, England, the Anglo's, the white man. I and the Anglo's, which what we get English from, Angloland, Ingoland, England, the Anglo's, the white man. I believe that they were the Germanic Nordic, uh, 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 uh Germanic groups. Uh, but there's people today saying that uh, the Stuarts were black. You know, so and, in and, other words, you don't and know I'm who most of them are. Now you hear Sonetta just nullified everything I just said. I said that Angoland, Ingoland, England, <laughs> well, uh, these were uh, white people or Germanic people. So he, then Sonetta is going to play stupid like he just didn't hear nothing I said. I said that these people, according to my belief and my research, were white. I said that clear. For this guy to turn around and say, so you don't know. I made it clear that that my research led that they were black. Hold on, you just said no. you believe. Francis Bacon, Francis Bacon. I, I quoted that name out. Look that guy up. He right, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about, but yeah. he ain't the, He ain't writing by himself. There were so many people who wrote it. 
the Stuarts were not Anglo-Saxons and how the Stuarts were black, you know, which was supposed to have been the lineage of uh, King Charles, King James, and, 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 and all the rest of them. So I, I have to really, really look off into that. But as of now, I'm going with the King James as a white man. But uh, Clyde Winter said that those were uh, those were black people over in England at that time. So I would have to really, really look more off into that. But my standing is that King James is a white man in Anglo-Saxon. I mean, I literally heard somebody say they said that Anglo-Saxons were black. No, you didn't literally hear no shit like that. You didn't. You didn't hear it at all. You didn't hear it literally. You didn't hear it figuratively. You're lying. You made that shit up. You made that shit up just like you made up the appeal to fact logical fallacy. You make shit up, dog, and you're a fucking liar. Chris Harris is a goddamn liar. I literally heard somebody say they said that Anglo-Saxons were black. Or King James was black. No, King James was a white man. They don't even know that the King James authorized version of the Bible was just an answer to the Protestant church. We're going against the Protestant church. This is why King James had a problem with things like thou shall not commit adultery. People don't know the history of the same text that you're reading from, of the same, and, and you're trying to claim to be people of this text. I laughed at him. You're blocked on Facebook. Now I know that you're completely ignorant. And you're ignorant of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, and you're ignorant of the con. And you will begin to sit there and you'll begin to sit up. Guys are ignorant concerning these things. I mean, I literally heard somebody say they said that Anglo Saxons were black. Lying bitch. You ain't hear that. Or King James was black. No, King James was a white man. Guys are ignorant concerning these things. I mean, I literally heard somebody say they said that Anglo-Saxons were black. Or King James was black. No, King James was a white man. They don't even know that the King James authorized version of the Bible was just an answer to the Protestant church. We're going against the Protestant church. This is why King James had a problem with things like thou shall not commit adultery. People don't know the history of the same text that you're reading from, of the same, and, and you're trying to claim to be people of this text. But I'm the coon because I speak with articulation or because I understand the constituents um, found inside the Constitution. This guy is love to puff himself up. He want to talk about we hating on him because he's articulate. What? First off, we're not hating on you. We're disagreeing with you. We're disagreeing with you because we compare you, your resume, your history, your work with a man like Clyde Winters. Uh, excuse me, respectfully, Dr. Clyde Winters. Doc, doc, doctor, my nigga. I need to stop calling you that because you lean more towards the white in your look in your appearance, your speech, and your thinking, because none of the shit you're saying support Afrocentricity. 
None of the shit you say support black history. None of the shit you say support real history. None of the shit you say supports real anything. Nothing but your own absurdity and solipsism. Now let's look at Chris Harris' resume. Fucking nobody. (laughs) No real uh, historical, no real degree in any of the subjects that he's calling himself preaching. Uh, he has nothing to validate his status inside of the fields that he's debating on. So we compare that to what's going on about Dr. Clyde Winters. Dr. Clyde Winters was born in 18, 1950 in Chicago. He is the father of five children. Clyde Winters, Ph.D., is director of the Uthman Dan Fodio Institute. He has taught educational psychology, educational administration, and linguistics at St. Xavier University and uh, Governor's State University. Dr. Winters is the author of numerous articles and books on education. Something that you sound like you lack, Christopher Harris. Ancient history, anthropology, and Archaeogenetics. His work has appeared in the Journal of Black Studies, Afrique Historique, Journal of African Civilization, Adolescence, International Review of Education, uh, Yearbook of Correctional Education, the Journal of Correctional Education, Threshold Education, TC Records, Bio Essays, Proc National Academy of Sciences in the United States of America, and the Indian H. Home Jeanette, to name a few. Chris is trying to get you to believe that he has some divine revelation, because he didn't go to college to learn this. He didn't sit up under scholars to learn this. This nigga picked up a fucking book and started brainstorming on his goddamn own. And now he wants the African-Americans to trade in what Dr. Clyde Winters had to say into what the fuck he got to say. Now, if that ain't ridiculous, if that ain't fucking crazy, nothing is. All right, all right. Now, I want to get directly into this by first saying Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, has nothing to do with the Africans who were put into ships and sailed to the Americas. That's the first thing I want to begin to say. So my next couple of videos will be addressing Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. From this point on, I'll be putting together a lesson and it will be unrefutable. And I will be showing. (coughs) I got a cough on that and spit on that too. I'm going to refute all of that shit, people. If y'all really, really care, just come over here and listen. 
I'm finna take, I'm finna tighten your boy all the way up. Everything he say, I'm gonna refute and rebuttal all that shit. I'm gonna debunk all that shit because it's stupid and it don't make no sense and it don't line up to nothing but absurdity. Solipsistic absurdity. I'm putting together a lesson and it would be unrefutable and I will be showing how Deuteronomy the 28th chapter has nothing to do with black people. As a matter of fact, it mirrors many treaties that existed in Near Eastern texts. And what I'm trying to say is it borrowed a lot of concepts from other traditions. No Yahweh wrote it, no Moses wrote it, no God gave it. That's what I'm going to be discussing today as I read this article. <clears throat> I'm reading this article. Um, boy, get that goddamn COVID out your throat, boy. It's driving you fucking crazy. Don't you know that shit get all up in your cells? And, and the part of your body that's fucked up this week, you know, under the underlying conditions it attacking. That's probably why your brain's fucked up, boy. That COVID you got. Now, these are ad hominem attacks, nigga. I'm going to show you how to do a real ad hominem attack. That COVID you got is fucking up your brains, boy. And it's causing you not to be able to think and function well. You already fucked up your wife and gave your wife COVID. You, you seem to know everything else, but you don't know whether you gave your bitch COVID. Your bitch sick as hell. Well, I hope I didn't give her the COVID. I hope I didn't give her my strand. Bitch, you did give her your strand. You know you gave her your motherfucking strand, but you in doubt and denial because you dumb as fucking fuck because that brain is fucked up. Uh, Deuteronomy and Esar Hadon's or Eskar Hadon's succession treaty. And I want you guys to just focus on the information so you can learn how to disarm people who come at you with a lot of misinformation. Because people like Jeremiah Judah, um, his friend Tasha K, um... Tasha K, alright. I hope you wasn't referring to me, dog. Because that's why you a bitch-ass nigga. See, you, you don't know how to act harm like me. I can even better act harm than you. You's a bitch-ass nigga, and your mama's a dick-eater, you motherfucker. Your motherfucking daddy's a coon, and your mama's a motherfucking bitch-ass sluttish coonette. They brought dummy coon Jr. the second into the motherfucking world. Um, uh, black sinister minister, all of those guys, they're really not that smart. That's why they yell, and they argue, and they holler at the top of their lungs. I mean, literally, because I stated to them that people like Frederick Douglass and Huey Newton, they all held the United States to a certain standard based on the Constitution. Uh, they're really not that smart. That's why they yell and they argue and they holler at the top of their lungs. Now let's listen to the tone of Pastor Bennett here and, and examine some of the things he has to say. And then let's listen to what Chris Harris has to say. <laughs> and watch this. So similarities are also heavily a part of sharing a commonplace and experience. General similarities, though, don't disqualify specific uniqueness. 
Chris' challenge is to not simply show similarities or likeness, but to show how those similarities directly influenced and inspired the four Gospels, all different writers in the same time frame, to write the same stories about the same man. I have a feeling he is going to reach just like his master teacher, who I'm going to expose very shortly. And remember, his argument is he's here to discuss, is Jesus unique? Not do we believe in Jesus or not? Chris has to show how the possum is really just the old possum in a different region and time. Don't let him get away with simply showing similarities to Jesus. He must show direct proof that the similarities are a direct result of a copy or he can't discredit his uniqueness. For Chris to show this, he has to not only get dates of this comparison, he has to also show right when and who took prior concepts of ancient mythologies and created Jesus Christ of the biblical text. The first intellectual punch in the eye that I'm going to give uh, Brother Chris and scholars on a majority scale agree that Jesus is not simply mythical but historical. And since Chris is not a scholar but obviously stated in his introduction that he's mythical, then he would actually be arguing against scholars. Because I mean, it, it appears that Chris, who's a mythological cat, who's not scholarly, this guy wants to do away with, with the scholars. He has no problem with arguing with the scholars. And he has no problem with wrongly asserting that the scholars are wrong. He has no problem with getting his head cracked against scholars and not knowing that his shit is all fragmented. Now, I want y'all to just listen to, listen to the volume in which this clown ass nigga speaking. I, I have no respect for this bitch ass nigga because this shit here is just ridiculous. Alright, now I'm going to show you the volume in which he speak. Yelling and fucking screaming. Do that mean he's fucking stupid? Let's listen to this stupid shit. Mark chapter, Matthew chapter 15 and Mark chapter 8, Jesus feeds 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread. But watch this. In the, in the, um, what's it called, in the book of the dead, it says, Or is mixing seven loaves of bread. And he quotes, Thou hast made me seven loaves of bread to live by. Now, John clearly says that the bread of life, but Pyramid Text 373, we understand Osiris is the bread of life in the Book of the Dead, chapter 18. The deceased make a pledge for bread, that he shall receive eternal life. Osiris is also the Lord of bread and wine mentioned in the Pyramid Text. Jesus presents himself with bread and wine in the Passover ritual meal, which he commands his followers to eat that he may live. Jesus presents himself with bread and wine in the Passover scriptural meal, which he commands his followers to eat that he may live in his name. But in the book of the dead, chapter 30, it says, let there be given to him bread and beer, which is issued at the presence of Osiris, and he will forever be like the following of Osiris. Also, in Now that, compare that to this volume right here. The story you see is Jesus of God. Those type of things I see um, that I would like to deal with, um, I think he doesn't really want to deal with them. So if raising your voice make you a fool and you can listen to the volume in which he was talking in one video and how this bitch ass nigga was hollering and screaming in another video, this nigga was a bitch and he's a very loud bitch ass dummy and a fool. He's a fake lying motherfucker. Now let me play my volume in which I talked. How Chris, when Chris was first saying it before, about premarital sex. Right. Yeah, that's what it is, and, and, and when he get up here, so I'm at it, he's not going to be the one asking all the questions. He gonna... 
Now, as you can see, my volume wasn't, wasn't all high like he said. He's a lying bitch. I take that to mean pretty much like how Chris, when Chris was first saying it before, a uh, premarital set. Right. Yeah, that's what it is. And, and when he get out here something at it, he's not going to be the one asking all the questions. He's going to answer something. We're not doing that. What's up, Sean? All right, Chris. Um, We ready for you. The brother's ready. He's right here. All right. All right, go ahead, talk to him. Listen to this shit. Okay, so what I was up here saying before, if you're saying that the Bible can be used as a source of liberation, we have two things working against it. One, the Bible calls for slavery of African peoples in both the book of Isaiah and the book of Leviticus. Now, whether or not it's forever, or not, it still calls for slavery. Uh, the forever, I had to do that because that's one ill taken bam. Okay, now when we talk about the Bible, we talking about a book, man, that was written uh, 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 2,000 years ago. That's the Bible. Like, yeah, I said, hold on, you gotta let him finish so you'll know where he's oh, okay, going. Okay, okay. He paused, so I thought he was done. Clearly, the boy paused. And you would think he does, he rested the mic, but you see how Sarnetta bitch ass, I don't respect neither one of them whole ass niggas, I ain't got to, fuck that nigga, <laughs> real talk, I'm gonna bring the heat to them bitch ass niggas, you see how the nigga just biased and cut me the fuck off, and, and said that I cut this nigga off and he, and he didn't have, and he stopped, this shit is ridiculous. Now, that word Olam is there, and it means a number of things. It does mean forever. It does mean for a time. But that is depending on the context of um, the way the word is being used. As a matter of fact, that word is a masculine, a singular masculine absolute. So when it says forever, that's what Olam means. Now, this guy says it does mean for a time, and then it does mean... Uh, uh, forever depending on the context. The context is the same, my brother. Both of the definitions are synonymous, my brother. So therefore, the context will never fucking change. Do you see how stupid these people fucking sound? It's crazy. It's really fucking dumb. So in this, in this take here we're going to show christopher harris talking loud talking crazy and we're going to see he lying and he's spitting lies off the top of his head and he has to be corrected and he's going to admit that he is lying take a listen to this Rudy, the real lawgiver who went into the mountains and received the law from amen so when you start speaking on the Bible, liberating us. I gotta question your intelligence. Not insult you, but question it because Leviticus 25 and 55 says that this group of goat herders, goat herders who never had. Leviticus 25 doesn't read anything like that, Christopher Harris. Leviticus 25 says, For unto the children of Israel are servants, they are my servants whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. 
This says nothing about goat herders. It says nothing about uh, 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 the children of Israel being slaves or enslaving anybody. And it certainly doesn't mention anything about the Canaanites in this chapter. This man is a fraud. And, and how he beat debates with this type of information, somebody's lying and somebody's cheating. He got friends in his back pocket, people like Sarnetta, just lying for him. I mean, Leviticus 25, 55, for until the children of Israel are servants. It said, they didn't say that they were goat herders, it said that they were servants. And they are my servants whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt, not Canaan. And he said, I am the Lord your God. It said nothing about that you can slave anybody or anything forever, Chris. You are lying. That's not Leviticus 25.55, sir. Now let's watch him tell this lie. People in the God okayed it. He said you can enslave them, the Canaanites, and their children. They will be your possession forever. So when you talk about liberation, are you saying that Africans are now going to go take Africans and enslave them forever? I have to question your intelligence on that. I have to question you on these sources that you're showing because now I don't all those books. We need and to question you, by nigga, Gerald nigga. Um, The African Um, The book by Dr. Chancellor Williams. Gerald Massey didn't write Anacalypsis. Okay, sir. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. He has a book called Anacalypsis. No, sir. That was Sir Godfrey Higgins. Go ahead. Sir Godfrey Higgins, excuse me. Thank you. Wow. Let's run that back again. Boy, just talk loud. He said it. He said when you talk loud, you talk dumb. Let's see what he say here. Let's listen to that again. By Dr. Chancellor Williams. Gerald, 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 Anacalypsis. Uh, Gerald Massey didn't write Anacalypsis. Okay, sir. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. He has a book called Anacalypsis. No, sir. That was Sir Godfrey Higgins. Go ahead. And enslave them forever. I have to question your intelligence on that. I have to question you on these sources that you're showing because now I don't all those books. Anacalypsis by Gerald Massey. Um, the African Civil Rights Bible. Um, the book by Dr. Chancellor Williams. Gerald Ma Anacalypsis. Uh, Gerald Massey didn't write Anacalypsis. Okay, sir. Yes, he did. No. I have to question you on these sources that you're showing because now I don't all those books. Anacalypsis by Gerald Massey. Um, the African Um, the book by Dr. Chancellor Williams. Uh, Gerald Massey didn't write Anacalypsis. Okay, sir. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. He has a book called Anacalypsis. No, sir. That was Sir Godfrey Higgins. Go ahead. Sir Godfrey Higgins, excuse me. Thank you. All right? It's like, I guess that... This guy don't know what the fuck he be talking about, y'all. You know, and he's talking very, very loud. He was the main one who said that when you're talking loud, you don't know what you're talking about. All of those guys, they're really not that smart. That's why they yell and they argue and they holler at the top of their lungs. They're really not that smart. That's why they yell and they argue and they holler at the top of their lungs. I mean... All of those guys, they're really not that smart. That's why they yell and they argue and they holler at the top of their lungs. They're really not that smart. That's why they yell and they argue and they holler at the top of their lungs. I mean... 
See, one of the things that 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 made that question hard for me was that I believe that the original British were black people because the word British is actually a Hebrew word, you know, and it means covenant man. And the covenant man, as well as the Phoenicians and Canaanites, were already in that land. And they was dominating that, that, that land way back thousands of years ago. I mean, the Europeans are talking about the Cheddar Man. And this Cheddar Man go back thousands of years ago. And they come to find that he was a black man. It's not that I don't know who translated the Bible. It's that I don't know really, really whether uh, uh, King James was British or was he Anglo-Saxon. Up until I was introduced to Clyde, Clyde Winter's dissertation, and mind you, that was very recently. That might have been like November of last year or, or something like that when he made the video. I was watching it and he blew my mind. I was and still am under the understanding that King James was a white man. I am under the understanding that he was an Anglo-Saxon. A white man, a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, WASP. That is my understanding. For that is what they taught us, man. Even in the, the, the best of schools uh, that was given to me. And I am college educated. Honor roll, honor society. That was my greatest accomplishment intellectually. To have Yasha Ben Israel name asserted in the National Honor Society. Wow. In the Dean's List, which really didn't mean that much to me. Because I used to walk, I used to see that. I walked past that stuff with my book bag, see it posted all on the walls, and that stuff didn't mean nothing to me. But being in the Honor Society did. And that's what. They taught me. And I'll debate that which they taught me. We'll lose a draw. One thing, one thing for sure that Chris Harris just can't say I'm right or wrong and don't prove it. I prove what I say. He don't prove what he say. For to prove is to establish one's truth by demonstration and or argument. Neither did Chris do. Chris never established his truth by demonstration. He just makes assertions and it sounds good. He brags on his articulation. We're all articulate. But he brags on his articulation. I am articulate in English. I am articulate Belarabia. 
and I am articulate by Ibria. Al Ibri. This guy don't understand that we have silent letters in our alphabet. <laughs> and I speak in all three languages with an accent. Is he more articulate than Terry? Oh, quite certainly not. Is he a trickster, prankster, wankster? Or shall I roll them, roll my R's, my R's, shall I roll them, shall I roll them? Shall every word I say roll with the R? Stop it, Chris Harris. All of those guys, they're really not that smart. That's why they yell and they argue and they holler at the top of their lungs. They're really not that smart. That's why they yell and they argue and they holler at the top of their lungs. I mean, you see, I don't know whether King James was British or was he Anglo-Saxon because, like I stated, the British and the Phoenicians and, and even the Egyptians had made it up there. For I do study history. And I do know that the Phoenicians, which what we could just, we, it's a fact that the Phoenicians were there. They were there mining tin. How did they get there? Because in European education, the Phoenicians were the world, one of the world's first seafarers. The people from North Africa and Tyree, which is now Spain, which was first Tyree, the land of Tyree, Phoenician territory, Canaanite territory, and it was, uh, became Israelite territory uh, called Iberia, and then from Iberia, it became El Andalus, and from El Andalus, it became Spain. But during the first, uh, fourth century, remember that, the fourth century, the Anglo-Saxons, the Jutes, the Vikings, the Scandinavians, the Lombards, the Bulgar Volgars, and uh, I don't think Chris Harris is uh, smart. I think he's vulgar. <laughs> Might I add that the Scandinavians were called the Danes, which were the Vikings. My research has led me to understand that King James came from the Wessex family or the Essex family. Black George told me not to give too much information. I live on Essex Street, right across from Canada. <laughs> and these Phoenicians and Egyptians and ancient people that lived in the land, the Israelites, these people later became to be known as the Moors, the British. 
And after the 4th century, the Anglo-Saxons begin a wave of European, uh, what, what, what has became to be known as Europeans. Or better off said, Germans. Germanic hordes began to invade Britain, Britannia. The Hebrides and Hibernia, all black lands that was occupied by the Moors. So there was a lot of fights and carrying on going on and wars, you know, over the dominance of land. Thus, at the fourth century, at the door of the fourth, fourth century, Blacks had dominated and ruled over that land. They were the kings and the queens and whose lineages and history go all the way back to what Clyde Winters was talking about. So amongst these Germanic hordes, the Anglo-Saxon Jutes, Vikings, the Visigoths, the Eastern Goths, and the Western Goths, the Ostrogoths, and the, and the Visigoths, these all these goth, gothic people, gothic tribes, goth, 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 from Goten and Oten and Thor, <laughs> comic book stuff, <laughs> uh, brother Thor and Odin is far older than comic books, sir, and you swear you deal with mythology, you rather deal with comics than to deal, you want to deal with comics than mythology. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you with history. I'm challenging you with the Bible, Chris Harris. I'm challenging you with mythology. Nordic, that is. Of the Anglo-Saxon. It all ties in line. And, 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 and it was always babies being produced by black and white unions between the British and the Anglo-Saxons. And should I say the Germanic charge, uh, 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 tribes are at large because you no longer begin to hear about other tribes like the Jutes. What happened to the Jutes? You know, what happened was they all assimilated in the Anglo-Saxon party because they were all basically the same thing. They were all Gothic, of Ostrogothic and Visigothic people. Gothic from Germany. You know, Germanic tribes, the Danes and all of them. And it was always fights, you know, and, and wars that took place between the different black British tribes and the white Anglo-Saxon tribe. They all, all those other tribes, the, the, the other uh, 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 tribes like the Jutes and the, uh, uh, the, the Go all the Gothic tribes like the Jutes and uh, the, uh, the Vikings, the Bulgars and all of them all got absorbed into your Anglo-Saxon party. This is why a lot of those people just straight faded out of history. And these wars between the British and the Jutes because they lived amongst each other, you know, they always wore, it was straight war at first, you know, because uh, the Europeans always were invading, because these same Gothic tribes, 
has had a long, long history of invading the lands that were occupied by the southern people or the black people or the Moors or the Israelites and the Babylonians and the Egyptians and even further back the Persians and the Assyrians. The Assyrians were the first uh, 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 of the blacks to really, really assimilate with them. But that's way, way further back. So these wars around the 8th century, between the 8th century and, and, and the 16th century, the, 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 the white tribes, the, 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 the Nordic tribes, the Gothic people, okay, under the name of the Anglos and the Saxons, because the Saxons were the Essex, you see, the, we the Wessex. The Anglo-Wessex. And, and, and they all abandoned one party. And it was between the 8th and the 10th century that they began to gain real dominance. And they pushed the blacks all the way to Ireland. Now this is what my elders teach me. This is what Elder Ishaka Musa Bereshango taught me. Now, what Dr. Clyde Winters introduced to me was that King James was, was of the British tribes, of the Stuart tribes. And maybe he didn't, that maybe that Stuart tribe rhetoric is something that just came from one West. But But the British and not the House of Wessex or the Anglos and the Saxons. Not them. But the British dominated with the stronghold up until the eighth uh, up until the eight hundreds or the ninth century. Different wars had taken place over who's dominating the land and who's dominating and who's dominating. And these these what came to be known as European, because the Europeans were the original British, the original blacks, because Queen Europa was a black woman. She was the, the daughter of a Canaanite king, a Phoenician queen. Her father was a Phoenician king. I forget my man's name, but that ain't important. The bottom line is the original Europeans were Phoenicians. And how these white folks came to be known as Europeans because they dominated the lands that was under dominance up under the, the ki original kings and queens of Europe, which were black folks originally. It was somewhere between the 8th and the 16th century that black folks began to lose dominance over England. Well, it wasn't England at that time, over Britain. 
And it was somewhere between the 8th and the 16th century that these constant wars, a paradise shift, shifted more towards the English than the British. For in the 16th century, after King James became the king, he had set, uh, came to America already. That was way, the Spanish had already been over here. You know, the French, you know, all of them had already made the America, the, the British were one amongst the last of those people to find their way up over here. And King James set up Jamestown when he got here and, and he began to send the British as slaves, the first to set the British from his land as slaves over here. Okay, and also he began to send the British as slaves down into the islands in the Caribbeans and Jamaica and Haiti and down up in there. This is what brother, I learned this from brother Clyde Winters. See, it's a collective of listening and honoring your African elders for this is their experience. And we have to understand that the older go back, these, these, we have, or, my oral history as an Israelite is to honor and respect my fathers and my mothers and their fathers and their mothers above any rhetoric that any young dummy is trying to push. These educated historians' stories echo the same as my grandmother who probably only just graduated from high school. And her grandmother, which was born a slave, her grandmother, Anna Hill, my dear, I remember her. She died when I was about, I was about maybe 10 or 12 years old in the 80s, who never probably ever even had a chance to be educated to even go to school. She was born in the late 1800s, like 1880s. She lived like 100 years almost, like just... Like 97 years old. She died like that. And, and I remember those stories. You know. So it was guys like. Sheikh Antidiab. Ivan Van Sertima. Dr. Clyde Winters. Dr. Yosef Binyakanen. That inspired me. To take on this European's education. And to go through his schools. It was them guys that inspired me to become a member of the Honor Society, and I did it easily and confidently. All I had was the confidence and knowing who I was based on what they taught me. And in all of my history classes, I got straight A's based off of what these men has taught me. Chris Weather and Sarnetta is not the one to validate me. Don't get that shit twisted. And... Not caring about the King James, I'm just giving you defending myself as a historian, not as a participant of the King James, because I should not have to explain the King James, for I don't even read the King James and don't believe in it. I read Hatanakh, the Tanakh. And I think I made that clear when you asked me, did I believe? That the Bible was the word of God, Sarnetta. But you keep wanting to drill me up on the King James Bible. And I don't subscribe to that. 
and I bust your ass with, with the knowledge because I'm full of information, son. And y'all going to respect me. And if you don't, we just going to beef it out. I don't give a fuck about being on your show like that, dog. I got my own shit brewing. I can say what I want to on my page, on my show. This, this Terry Whitfield over here, Yasha Hamalaki Ben Yisrael. So, Dr. Clyde Winters opened me up to possibly that King James could have been of the British. He didn't say that. He just opened me up to that possibility. You see? So, therefore, I've made it clear that I have to do further research. You did? And I've heard others say that they have to do further research. But you didn't challenge them over it. You don't know. No, I knew all the answers to the questions that you asked me, and I answered them correctly. <laughs> and, and whether I, I shouldn't have to know. Okay, let's say I don't know. So what? I don't know. I don't read the Bible no way. I read how to not. And I'm explaining to you like I did to homeboy Chris about Olam from the Tanakh. I don't, I, don't, I don't go to the King James Version for that. That's why when he opened up that book and wanted to go there, I'm going straight to Hatanakh. Okay? In Ibri. And these Phoenicians and Egyptians and Ancient people that lived in the land, the Israelites. These people later became to be known as the Moors. The British. And after the 4th century, the Anglo-Saxons begin a wave of European, uh, what, what, what has became to be known as Europeans. Or better off said, Germans, Germanic hordes began to invade Britain, Britannia, the Hebrides and Hibernia, all black lands that was occupied by the Moors. So there was a lot of fights and carrying on going on and wars you know, over the dominance of land. Thus, at the 4th century, at the door of the 4th century, blacks had dominated and ruled over that land. They were the kings and the queens and whose lineages and history go all the way back to what Clyde Winters was talking about. So... Amongst these Germanic hordes, the Anglo-Saxon Jutes, Vikings, the Visigoths, the Eastern Goths, and the Western Goths, the Ostrogoths, and the, and the Visigoths, these, all these Goths, Gothic people, Gothic tribes, Goth, 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 from Goten and Oten and Thor. <laughs> comic book stuff. <laughs> uh, brother Thor and Odin is far older than comic books, sir. And you swear you deal with mythology. You rather deal with comics than to deal. You want to deal with comics 
their mythology. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you with history. I'm challenging you with the Bible, Chris Harris. I'm challenging you with mythology. Nordic, that is. Of the Anglo-Saxon. It all ties in line. And, 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 and it was always babies being produced by black and white unions between the British and the Anglo-Saxons. And should I say the Germanic charge, uh, 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 tribes are at large because you no longer begin to hear about other tribes like the Jutes. What happened to the Jutes? You know, what happened was they all assimilated in the Anglo-Saxon party because they were all basically the same thing. They were all Gothic, of Ostrogothic and Visigothic people. Gothic from Germany. You know, Germanic tribes, the Danes and all of them. And it was always fights, you know, and, and wars that took place between the different black British tribes and the white Anglo-Saxon tribe. They all, all those other tribes, the, the, the other uh, 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 tribes like the Jutes and the, uh, uh, the, 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 all the Gothic tribes like the Jutes and, uh, the, uh, the Vikings, the Bulgars and all of them all got absorbed into your Anglo-Saxon party. This is why a lot of those people just straight faded out of history. And these wars between the British and the Jutes because they lived amongst each other, you know, they always wore, it was straight war at first, you know, because uh, the Europeans always were invading, because these same Gothic tribes has had a long, long history of invading the lands that were occupied by the southern people, or the black people, or the Moors. Or the Israelites and the Babylonians and the Egyptians. And even further back, the Persians and the Assyrians. The Assyrians were the first uh, 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 of the blacks to really, really assimilate with them. But that's way, way further back. So these wars around the 8th century, between the 8th century and, and, and the 16th century... The, the 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 white tribes the 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 nordic tribes the gothic people okay under the name of the anglos and the saxons because the saxons were the essex you see the wet the wessex the anglo wessex or and, and, and they all banned in one party and it was between the 8th and the 10th century that they began to gain real dominance. And they pushed the blacks all the way to Ireland. Now this is what my elders teach me. This is what Elder Ishaka Musa Bereshengo taught me. Now what Dr. Clyde Winters introduced to me was that King James was, was of the British tribes, of the Stuart tribes. 
And maybe he didn't, that maybe that Stuart tribe rhetoric is something that just came from one West. But, but the British and not the House of Wessex or the Anglos and the Saxons, not them, but the British dominated with the stronghold up until the 8th, uh, up until the 800s or the 9th century. Different wars had taken place over who's dominating the land and who's dominating and who's dominating. And these, these, what came to be known as European, because the Europeans were the original British, the original blacks, because Queen Europa was a black woman. She was the, the daughter of a Canaanite king, a Phoenician queen. Her father was a Phoenician king. I forget my man's name, but that ain't important. The bottom line is the original Europeans were Phoenicians. And how these white folks came to be known as Europeans because they dominated the lands that was under dominance up under the, the ki original kings and queens of Europe, which were black folks originally. It was somewhere between the 8th and the 16th century that black folks began to lose dominance over England. Well, it wasn't England at that time, over Britain. And it was somewhere between the 8th and the 16th century that these constant wars, a paradigm shift, shifted more towards the English than the British. For in the 16th century, after King James became the king, he had set a king to America already. That was way, the Spanish had already been over here. You know, the French, you know, all of them had already made the America, the, the British were one amongst the last of those people to find their way up over here. And King James set up Jamestown when he got here. And, and he began to send the British as slaves, the first to set the British from his land as slaves over here. Okay? And also, he began to send the British as slaves down into the islands in the Caribbeans and Jamaica and Haiti and down up in there. This is what brother, I learned this from Brother Clyde Winters. See? It's a collective of listening and honoring your African elders for this is their experience. And we have to understand that the older go back, these, these, we have, or, my oral history as an Israelite is to honor and respect my fathers and my mothers and their fathers and their mothers above any rhetoric that any young dummy is trying to push. These educated historians... Stories echoed the same as my grandmother 
who probably only just graduated from high school. And her grandmother, which was born a slave. Her grandmother, Anna Hill, my dear. I remember her. She died when I was about, I was about maybe 10 or 12 years old in the 80s. Who never probably ever even had a chance to be educated to even go to school. She was born in the late 1800s, like 1880s. She lived like 100 years almost, like just like 97 years old. She died like that. And, and I remember those stories, you know. So it was guys like Sheikh Antediab, Ivan Vansertima. Dr. Clyde Winters, Dr. Yosef Binyakanen, that inspired me to take on this European's education and to go through his schools. It was them guys that inspired me to become a member of the Honor Society, and I did it easily and confidently. All I had was the confidence and knowing who I was based on what they taught me. And in all of my history classes, I got straight A's based off of what these men has taught me. Chris Weather and Sarnetta is not the one to validate me. Don't get that shit twisted. And not caring about the King James, I'm just giving you defending myself as a historian, not as a participant of the King James, because... I should not have to explain the King James for I don't even read the King James and don't believe in it. I read Hatanakh, the Tanakh. And I think I made that clear when you asked me did I believe that the Bible was the word of God, Sarnetta. But you keep wanting to drill me up on the King James Bible. And I don't subscribe to that. And I bust your ass with, with the knowledge because I'm full of information, son. And y'all gonna respect me. And if you don't, we just gonna beef it out. I don't give a fuck about being on your show like that, dog. I got my own shit brewing. I can say what I want to on my page, on my show. This, this Terry Whitfield over here, Yasha Hamalaki Ben Yisrael. So, Dr. Clyde Winters opened me up to possibly that King James could have been of the British. He didn't say that. He just opened me up to that possibility. You see? So therefore, I've made it clear that I have to do further research. You did? And I've heard others say that they have to do further research. But you didn't challenge them over it. You don't know. No, I knew all the answers to the questions that you asked me, and I answered them correctly. <laughs> And whether I shouldn't have to know, okay, let's say I don't know. So what? I don't know. I don't read the Bible no way. I read Hatanak. And I'm explaining to you, like I did to homeboy Chris, about Olam from the Tanakh. I don't, I, don't, I don't go to the King James Version for that. That's why when he opened up that book and wanted to go there, I'm going straight to Hatanak. Okay? In Ibri. All of those guys, they're really not that smart. That's why they yell and they argue and they holler at the top of their lungs. They're really not that smart. That's why they yell and they argue and they holler at the top of their lungs. I mean, oh.
uh, I read all Bibles because I have to uh, express thoughts to people who read them, but I read the Tanakh in Hebrew. That's what I read. Okay, so you do agree with um, my brother Zion Lex that King James version of the Bible is grossly misunderstood. You agree with him on that? Yeah, and it's grossly, it's grossly inaccurate. Yeah, mistranslated. It, 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 to me, it's so mistranslated that it is another. Uh, uh, it is a whole other work. And, and you believe that Christian, it is not the Christian word of God. God? Yes, it is not the word of God. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't believe that the Bible is the word of God. Uh, I believe that the Tanakh is the word of God. That's my belief. You hear that, JJ? I as far as the Bible is not. Do you hear that, JJ? It is. Do you hear that, Christopher Harris? And not about the Bible, but the Tanakh being the word of God. Do you hear that, Christopher Harris? Do you know who you're talking to and what you're dealing with, Christopher Harris? Uh, I read all Bibles because I have to uh, express thoughts to people who read them, but I read the Tanakh in Hebrew. That's what I read. Okay, so you do agree with um, my brother Zion Lex, that King James version of the Bible is grossly misunderstood. You agree with him on that? Yeah, and, and it's grossly, it's grossly inaccurate. Yeah, mistranslated. It, 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 to me, it's so mistranslated that it is another, uh, uh, it is a whole other work. And, and you it, believe that Christian, it is not the word Christian of God? Word. Yes? It is not the word of God, yes? Uh, uh, I don't believe that the Bible is the word of God. Uh, I believe that the Tanakh is the word of God. That's my belief. You hear that, JJ? I as far as the Bible is not. Do you hear that, JJ? It is. Do you hear that, Christopher Harris? And not about the Bible, but the Tanakh being the Word of God. Do you hear that, Christopher Harris? Do you know who you're talking to and what you're dealing with, Christopher Harris? Uh, I read all Bibles because I have to uh, express thoughts to people who read them, but I read the Tanakh in Hebrew. That's what I read. Okay, so you do agree with um, my brother Zion Lex that King James version of the Bible is grossly misunderstood. You agree with him on that? Yeah, and, and it's grossly, it's grossly inaccurate. Yeah, mistranslated. It, to me, it's so mistranslated that it is another. Uh, uh, it is a whole other work. And, and you and believe that Christian, it is not the word Christian of God. Word. Yes? It is not the word of God. Yes? Uh, uh, I don't believe that the Bible is the word of God. Uh, I believe that the Tanakh is the word of God. That's my belief. You hear that, JJ? I, as far as the Bible is not, do you hear that, JJ? It is, do you hear that, Christopher Harris? And not about the Bible, but the Tanakh being the word of God. Do you hear that, Christopher Harris? Do you know who you're talking to and what you're dealing with, Christopher Harris? All of those guys, they're really not that smart. That's why they yell and they argue and they holler at the top of their lungs. They're really not that smart. That's why they yell and they argue and they holler at the top of their lungs. I mean... Mm. Listen to this bullshit. Yes, sir. There you go.
I decided to put on my red since you was busting out the blood. <laughs> yes, sir. You know it. You know it. Blood in, blood out. Blood in, <laughs> and blood I'm talking out. about brother blood, not no gang shit. That's you already right. know. That's right. That's but right. anyway, what's going on with you, brother? Why do you think that, um, because I hear a lot of people talking about Deuteronomy 28, from mm-hmm. Zion Lex to the Hebrews, and they always talking about the laws that they that's got. Why do you think that this is important for us today? For you, that, that's getting ready to break down. Deuteronomy 28. Okay, well, I think it's important that we begin to get away from the mythologies or other Suzerian treaties um, that we try to identify to. What do I mean by that, Sada? Well, because we've been through so much of this country, and I am broadcasting live from Cornwall. It's a slippery slope because when your premise slide slippery slide down to an absurd conclusion then that is a slippery slope logical fallacy and his conclusion is a slippery slope wife is not doing the best right now so i have yeah. to remain in quarantine here and hopefully i haven't given her my screen either um so um i hope everybody you know gives sensor some energy but what, what I want to do here is explain to everybody that Deuteronomy is not based on facts. The book of Deuteronomy, in fact, mimics other Suzerian treaties, mainly the Suzerian treaties of Esar Haidan, who was, in fact, a Assyrian king. Now, that's not what we're going to go in on, but we are going to be discussing the stipulations of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, and why it does not mean that it's speaking about us. If you read it properly in its proper context, then you would learn and you would automatically see this can't be talking about us. It makes no sense to think that this continues to talk about us. And this is a cognitive barrier or a psychological barrier that a lot of our brothers um, put on our people. Slippery slope. Mm Mm-hmm. It is a spell. Let's face it, Deuteronomy chapter is a spell that our brothers use to get people to join their movement, to join their Israelite camps. Now, I have no problem with anybody who has a religion. I want to let everybody know that. That's not what I'm arguing here. I don't care. I think religion is a good thing when used in its proper context. But so as that goes, so does Deuteronomy the 28th chapter. Not really. What do I mean? You remember Sunday when I was on here, Sonetta, and I was trying to have a logical conversation? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember that. I was there. I was right there. He wasn't trying to have a logical conversation because there was no sil- The syllogisms was off. <laughs> his syllogisms and his math, his mathematics to his syllogisms was off. It was like 1 plus 3 equals 9 or 9 minus 3 plus 2 equals 15. His syllogisms was off. Um, about right. being a book of liberation course. Okay. Yep. Now, we have a problem with that because they keep on saying the Bible can be used as a source of liberation or a book of liberation for black people. Well, first, you would have to A, define what black people you're talking about. Because if you are, in fact, speaking about black people or Africans in this country, then you are saying that we're going right back into bondage according to your law, which is found in Deuteronomy, the 26th chapter. Another slippery slope. Goodness, this guy's just slithery. <laughs> Logical fallacy all day. Well, before I go forward, I want to talk about something. Okay? 
real talk. This guy's he he's full of logical fallacies, and I don't really have a whole bunch of time, so I want to break down something to y'all. Watch how this guy brings forth all of these fallacies. He's going to bring forth the shoehorn fallacy and all of his premise, his major premise about Deuteronomy 28 is based upon shoehorn fallacy. He's going to start off his demonstration with, with proof. Because to prove something means to establish your truth by demonstration. So he's going to start off his proof He's going to start off his demonstration. Do you see? Did you just check that syllogism? <laughs> he's going to he's going to do that by establishing his what a shoehorn fallacy is, and he's going to base his premise based off the shoehorn fallacy. In reality, what Chris Harris does is he studies fallacies and not study logic. Okay. That's the problem here, because the syllogisms is off. He studied fallacy, and he embodied the fallacy, and then he portrayed and act out the fallacy, and then pointed towards his opponent. And, and, and that is an appeal to ignorance, because most, most debaters don't know nothing about fallacies, and they definitely don't know nothing about logic. But this is why I'm the most formidable Israelite alive. Let's go. 46 through 55. All right, so you may hold the Israel of the Canaanites in captivity forever. That's what it says, them and their children. But standing logic is something that they don't use. All right, because they teach what, Sonetta? The curses. They teach that they are in fact cursed. So if they are in fact mm, cursed, good point. why are you trying to say that it the Hebrew word cursed is a word called oror, okay? We have habarak, which is the blessings, you know, where we wish you a favor and presence with God, you know, or we invoke the, the presence and favor of God, okay? Baruch is the invoking of blessings, okay, the favor of God. And Aurora is the absence and the separation of the favor and the power and just the separation from what you know as God. What we know as Yahuwah, which is the power. Yahuwah Elohim, which is the power of the existence, basically. There's several things that we could do. We could make bad decisions that take us away from the power of the existence. You know, because a fool and his money will soon part. And just a fool, a, a fool, period, will eventually result into disaster because a fool is aurora. He is one who has taken himself outside of the light and the power and the blessings and the favor of God. Aurora. See, he's mistranslating things. The book of liberation, because the book of Deuteronomy, the end of it, I think it's in Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, he says, the book reads, if my people, who are called by my name, repent from their sins, then I will... Listen to this bullshit. Yes, sir. There you go. I decided to put on my red since you was passing out the blood. <laughs> yes, sir. You know it. You know it. Blood in, blood out. <laughs> and I'm talking about brother blood, not no gang shit. 
That's you already right. know. That's right. That's but right. anyway, what's going on with you, brother? Why you think that? Um, because I hear a lot of people talking about Deuteronomy 28, from mm-hmm. Zion Lex to the Hebrews, and they always talking about the laws that they that's got. Why do you think that this is important for us today? For you, that that's getting ready to break down Deuteronomy 28. Oh, okay, well, I think it's important that we begin to get away from the, the mythologies or other Caesarian treaties um, that we try to identify to. What do I mean by that, Sada? Well, because we've been through so much of this country, slope. and I am broadcasting live from Cornwall. It's a slippery slope because when your premise... Slide, slippery slide down to an absurd conclusion, then that is a slippery slope logical fallacy. And his conclusion is a slippery slope. Wife is not doing the best right now, so I have yeah. to remain in quarantine here, and hopefully I haven't given her my sprain either. Um, so um, I hope everybody, you know, gives sense her some energy. But what, what I want to do here is explain to everybody that Deuteronomy is not based on facts. The book of Deuteronomy, in fact, mimics other Caesarian treaties, mainly the Caesarian treaties of Esar Haidan, who was, in fact, a Assyrian king. Now, that's not what we're going to go in on, but we are going to be discussing the stipulations of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, and why it does not mean that it's speaking about us. If you read it properly in its proper context, then you would learn and you would automatically see this can't be talking about us. It makes no sense to think that this continues to talk about us. And this is a cognitive barrier or a psychological barrier that a lot of our brothers um, put on our people. Slippery slope. It is a spell. Let's face it. Deuteronomy chapter is a spell that our brothers use to get people to join their movement, to join their Israelite camps. Now, I have no problem with anybody who has a religion. I want to let everybody know that. That's not what I'm arguing here. I don't care. I think religion is a good thing when used in its proper context. But so as that goes, so does Deuteronomy the 28th chapter. Not really. What do I mean? You remember Sunday when I was on here, Sonetta, and I was trying to have a logical conversation? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember that. I was there. I was right there. He wasn't trying to have a logical conversation because there was no sil- The syllogisms was off. <laughs> his syllogisms and his math, his mathematics to his syllogisms was off. It was like one plus three equals nine or nine minus three plus two equals 15. His syllogisms was off. Um, about right. being a book of liberation course. Okay. Yep. Now, we have a problem with that because they keep on saying the Bible can be used as a source of liberation or a book of liberation for black people. Well, first, you would have to A, define what black people you're talking about. Because if you are, in fact, speaking about black people or Africans in this country, then you are saying that we're going right back into bondage according to your law, which is found in Deuteronomy, the 26th chapter. Another slippery slope. Goodness, this guy's just slithery. (laughs) Logical fallacy all day. But before I go forward, I want to talk about something. Okay? Real talk. This guy's, he's full of logical fallacies, and I don't really have a whole bunch of time, so I want to break down something to y'all. 
watch how this guy bring forth all of these fallacies. He's going to bring forth the shoehorn fallacy and all of his premise, his major premise about Deuteronomy 28 is based upon shoehorn fallacy. He's going to start off his demonstration with, with proof. Because to prove something means to establish your truth by demonstration. So he's going to start off his proof. He's going to start off his demonstration. Do you see them? Did you just check that syllogism? <laughs> he's going to he's going to do that by establishing his what a shoehorn fallacy is, and he's going to base his premise based off the shoehorn fallacy. In reality, what Chris Harris does is he studies fallacies and not study logic. Okay. That's the problem here, because the syllogisms is off. He studied fallacy, and he embodied the fallacy, and then he portrayed and act out the fallacy, and then point it towards his opponent. And, and, and that is an appeal to ignorance, because most, most debaters don't know nothing about fallacies, and they definitely don't know nothing about logic. But this is why I'm the most formidable Israelite alive. Let's go. 46 through 55. All right, so you may hold the Israel and the Canaanites in captivity forever. That's what it says, them and their children. But standing logic is something that they don't use. All right, because they teach what, Sonetta? The curses. They teach that they are in fact cursed. So if they are in fact mm, cursed, good point. why are you trying to say that it the Hebrew word cursed is a word called auror. Okay? We have habarak, which is the blessings. You know, where we wish you a favor in presence with God. You know, or we invoke the, the presence in favor of God. Okay? Baruch is the invoking of blessings. Okay? The favor of God. And auror is the absence and the separation of the favor and the power and just the separation from what you know as God. What we know as Yahuwah, which is the power. Yahuwah Elohim, which is the power of the existence, basically. There's several things that we could do. We could make bad decisions that take us away from the power of the existence. You know, because a fool and his money will soon part. And just a fool, a, a fool, period, will eventually result into disaster because a fool is auror. He is one who has taken himself outside of the light and the power and the blessings and the favor of God. Auror. See, he's mistranslating things. Be a book of liberation because the book of Deuteronomy, the end of it, I think it's in Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, he says, the book reads, if my people who are called by my name repent from their sins, then I will. <sighs> I can't listen to any more of this. This is ridiculous. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about, okay? The best way to beat this guy fast and simple is that he is building his whole premise now upon a logical fallacy. 
He is building his whole premise upon his misunderstanding of what a logical fallacy is. Because his definition, especially focusing on his agenda, because he has an agenda, you see, Israelites don't have an agenda, okay? At least I don't, okay? And he is debating Terry. He is not baiting the whole house of Israel. Straw man fallacy, just full of logical fallacies, okay? So what this guy is doing is, 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 is building his whole premise upon his misunderstanding of a shoehorn logical fallacy. And he also stated, to just all we got to do is just name one Israelite that claimed to be one African tribe that claimed to be or that claimed uh, Israelite descent, basically. And that's just the guy is just crazy. So the best way to just take him down is to destroy his premise. Okay, and to destroy his premise is to really explain what. A shoehorn logical fallacy is. So I have to break down and destroy his shoehorn logical fallacy lie. Okay, now listen carefully. The process of force-fitting some current affair into one's personal, political, or religious agenda is shoehorning. Using evidence to support an idea if the evidence to support an idea does not, excuse me, using the evidence to support an idea, if the data does not support the conclusion, is force-fitting. I repeat, the process of force-fitting, the process of force-fitting some current affair into one's personal political or religious agenda is shoehorning. The process of force-fitting some current affair into one's personal, political, or religious agenda is shoehorning. And he's, he's force-fitting his current affairs, which is debating, into his own personal agenda. And that is to uh, disvalidate the reality of the Israelites, okay? Using evidence to support an idea if the evidence data does not support the conclusion is force-fitting. Again, using evidence to support an idea if the data does not support the conclusion is force-fitting. Using evidence to support an idea, if the data does not support the conclusion, is force-fitting. So if the data does not support the conclusion, then one must fit his evidence and or current affairs into one's personal, political, or religious agenda. And Chris Harris is doing that with his personal agenda, and that is to take down God's children, the Israelites. But when the process easily fits, but when the process easily fits, and when the evidence 
or current affairs does support the idea, when the data does support the conclusion, at that point, it is not shoehorning or a logical fallacy. It is a logical fact at that point. To force fit, to force fit, to force fit is the idea of using a shoehorn to force your shoe, to force your feet into the shoe. But when you can slide easily your feet into the shoe, it is not shoehorning for a shoehorn is not needed. It is a perfect fit. To say the Bible was written for specifically a Bronze Age people, then to turn around and say it was retroactively written anywhere between the 8th and the 5th century BCE, that is a little far-fetched. That is reaching and indeed an action force-fitting. Thus, a.k.a. shoehorning. There goes Christopher Harris's shoehorn logical fallacy. Boom, 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 boom. Now, Chris Harris asked Israelites to name just one tribe in Africa. In Africa that ever claimed Israel. That is all he required. Therefore, I'll go over and beyond, and give more than he required. I'll give two big tribes. Number one, the Sanhaja, Zanata Berbers. The Zanata, the Zanaga, Zanata Zanaga. Known today as the Bini Israel clan of Senegal. Hence the word Zanaga. Zanata. Zanaga, the Singalese, the Senegalese, Senegal. Today, around 4,000 knowledgeable residents of their heritage of the Bini Israel in Senegal, remote southeast, are claiming they are of Jewish descent and are black Africans. They say their forefathers left Egypt in order to avoid persecution, claiming they left the Horn of Africa and made their ways west. They said they settled, they settled, excuse me, in the village of Benai Israel, where they lived for thousands of years in Senegal. And they are a descendant of the Zanata Berbers, who were forced into Islam and practice another religion that he hates and would like to bang on. I got two. The Limbus. The Limbus. A Bantu tribe. A Congolese tribe. A Bantu tribe. The Limbus who have been tested bloodline and DNA to be the descendants of the Levitical priesthood by way of the Kohenim gene that they carry. That's two. We all know about the well-known Falasha Jews of Ethiopia. They have been claiming, that's all he asked, 
was to prove or to demonstrate one group of people that claim to be Israelites. Well, there goes the Falasha, there goes his fallacy. Then what about the Mavumbu tribe in the Bakongo of Western Africa, where many documented accounts that was contemporary to their day of Europeans, other Africans, Berbers, Moors, Ibn Madrisi, Marco Polo, who really had a Muslim name at first, and it really had an Israelite name at first, but converted to Islam. Then converted to Christianity. Uh, Marco Polo, uh, Leo Africanus, same story. Excuse me, Marco Polo was a traveler. My bad, I got the story twisted up. Marco Polo was a traveler. Leo, I'm talking about Leo Africanus. That story I attribute to Marco Polo goes to Leo Africanus. And Leo Africanus was one of the white travelers that talked about all of these Jewish tribes in Africa. And the Bokongo had a Jewish kingdom up until the late 17th century, until when the Portuguese and the Dutch were fighting over the dominance of the Bokongo. And they both sent Christian missionaries and came down into the Bakongo to convert the Mavambu of the Bakongo. And their leader, by the name of King Nzinga Mavambu, who was the king of a very, very prosperous Israelite kingdom in the Bakongo. Long-standing and had been Israelites as far as they remember before these Dutch and Portuguese came in. And with their infighting over conversion, King Nzinga Mavumbu converted to Christianity. And he converted his whole kingdom to Christianity. The reality is here is that no European came and converted the Israelites, the Bukangu, to Hebrew, for they were already Hebrew. They came there to convert the Hebrew to Christianity. There's no record or no evidence of nobody converting the Mavambu. And they had practiced Hebrewism for thousands of years. And with the acceptance of Christianity, King Nzinga Mavambu became Alfonso I. King Alfonso I. You can look this stuff up in history, man. I'm a historian, dude. This stuff is not force fit. The shoe, ease, the foot shoe easily fit the shoe. Comfortably. It's not too big. It's not too small. This is not a logical fact. This is logical 
this is not a logical fallacy. This is a logical fact and a logical rationalization, sir. Do you like the way I applied those syllogisms? You see, that's how it works. It fits. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 64, KJV is 68, Tanakh. Fits the children of Israel, fits the African Americans perfectly. It fits the history of the Western Africans perfectly. It fits the history of all of those E1B1A Berbers and rulers of El, rulers of world, the ancient world. It's DNA. And after King Nzinga Mavambu converted to Christianity and became King Alfonso I, there goes the Hebrew Israelite kingdom. Mind you that they flourished all around of Africa up until the Songhai Empire. For Askia Mohammed banned the children of Israel and the Jews and the Israelites from the Songhai Empire. He took all of the ancient records that was written in Phoenician and Hebrew and transposed them into Arabia. This is why I learned Arabic. He translated them into Arabic. For he was a Muslim. And this new branch of devout Muslims came to spread Islam and all of those that did not want to accept Islam was banished and the children of Israel did not want to accept Islam. So they were pushed down further into the Bakongo. The Zanaga has been in, Israel, in North Africa uh, as, as, as long as the days of King Dawood and, 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 and King Solomon and King Hiram who this man says are mythological characters. But the time frame fit. We're talking about around the 10th, the 10th century B.C., dude. They've been there since around the 10th century B.C. You stated that all of the books of the prophets told the time by Ragnar years. So I'm giving you, whether they existed or not, I'm giving you the Ragnar year period. Around 10,000 B.C. of the time of King David, King Hiram, and King Solomon. For their Ragnar years, my brother. The whole world's time system is resulted and revolves around our Ragnar year system. For Eusebius Dionysus called this the Ragnar year 2021 of their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Alfonso one. Opened up the doors through all of these instigated wars by these Christian missionaries setting up shop in the Congo. These wars start to take place, you see. And there goes the slave trade. The children of Israel was taken all the way across America. Now you want to you wanna move the goalposts if you would like to and just say name one Israelite that came over here. On the slave ship. When we say, uh, 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 my man, what's his name? A lot, a lot of, uh, I can't say his name. A lot of Tucson or something like, uh, 
a lot of all you know what I'm talking about a lot of Tucson. I ain't even gonna go there with him. I'm gonna go with the guy by the name of E.O. Ben Solomon. For E.O. Ben Solomon was a descendant of the Zanata Berbers, who were the Benaya Israel. And he said that his father was a priest over here. And, but they were Muslims at the same time. Understand that Islam does not have priests. And his name is E.O. Ben Solomon. Now, that's a Hebrew, his name, that's a pure Hebrew name, Eyob ben Solomon, Job son of Solomon. Now, if that was Arabic, that would have been Eyob ben Shalemain. You see? All right? So, cut the bull crap, dog. Job ben Solomon, he was of the Zanatas who claimed to this very day to be of the Bene Israel clan. People have been claiming it for thousands of years. And you got my man Tucson, who was an Igbo. There's another tribe. Right now, to this day in Africa, not one person, but a whole tribe of people who know that they have been known to be the children of Israel. And many accept it. Those who don't accept it do know, whether they like it or not, that the world knows them as Israel. That they're doing genetic evidence and everything on these people. And even the most dissenting Igbo is aware of this. The dissenting Igbos is breaking his neck to do and go against Israelites' customs and standards. And, and go against our own maxims. One of them is envy not your oppressor and chose none of his ways. And those that don't want to fall back to our original Hebrew status are those who envy their uh, oppressors and, and chose the oppressive ways of the oppressors, a.k.a. the white Europeans, or those who come to be known today as Europeans because the original Europeans are black, the Anglo-Saxons. WASP, White Anglo-Saxon Protestant Christian Party. You got the Fulani, who has an oral history of being the descendants of Esau. Bam. Afro-Asiatic, the brothers of the Israelites. You have the Hausas, who have a history before accepting Islam as being Israelites. And a very Semitic people. You have the Ashanti. Who have a history of being the Israelites. For the very name Ashan. Is a village. In ancient Israel. According to the text. Which is all that we have left. The most important was us. The Israelite people. Way before Israel was a land. Israel was a man. So, his ad hominem attacks and talking about these things are myths and legends. Myths and legends are nothing but old stories that have been passed down word of mouth. Understanding that in the ancient times, even as far back as ancient Egypt, the populace was not a literate people. Literacy has always been reserved up until the printing of the Bloomingberg, I mean the Gutenberg Press, Bloomingberg. <laughs> The Gutenberg Press. 
up until that time, reading, writing, and literacy and education was reserved for the elite, not the common people. Thus, it was dependent that the elite, the preachers, the teachers, the priests, the kings, to pass down these oral traditions and stories, laws and rules and maxims. And they did it word of mouth. Because the literacy was left to the El, the Elohim. The Elohim does not mean God. It means the children of Israel, the mighty ones, the powerful ones, the elite. Though Yasharel, he that will rule as El, it was reserved for the rulers of El, the princes, Yashar, his prince of El, the prince of Yahuwah. We are the Elohim. For the scripture says, ye are, you are the Elohim because you are Benai El Elyon. You are Benai Elyon. You are the Elohim because you are the sons of the Most High. This stuff doesn't have nothing to do with a spooky dookie God in the sky. They have something to do with a race, a nationality, a gender. And when we're talking about liberation, it is clear that we're talking about a specific group of black people, and that people is the Israelite people and those that fall up under the houses of Israel. And we have 12 houses. So therefore, we're not trying to fit current affairs into an idea of us being religious like uh, 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 Israelites to uh, 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 force fit that into our, uh, 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 to, to promote a religious agenda. We're not doing that. What we're doing is not using current events, but going back into history and letting history unfold all the way up into the current time. And when we do that, then we don't need a shoehorn. Because the foot fits the shoe, Doc. You lost miserably. This is Terry Whitfield, a.k.a. Yasha Ben Israel for the Terry Whitfield, Yasha Ben Israel podcast show. Honorable mention, JJ7000 threw out something. And Black Jesus Minister threw out something. And I had to give you shouts on it. I only gave two of those tribes. Black Jesus Minister encouraged me to tell the truth and tell all, give, give them way more. Okay, honorable shouts out to Black Jesus Minister and JJ7000 cracked his head the other day right there on his show where he got to talking about the commandment keepers and and, and, and <laughs> here goes the shoehorn. He was talking about the commandment keepers trying to juxtapose them as an old group from way back in the past. You dig what I'm saying? And basically he was trying to fit a current group into something way absurd back into the past. He was shoehorning in J.J. Cardi. You know what I'm saying? You know, good big ups on that. You know, the commandment keepers, headbuster, headbuster, J.J. took his shoehorn from him. <laughs> That's what we do. We taking the shoehorn from these Negroes. All his slippery slope and his air hominem attacks. You lost, mis you lost miserably, Doc. Thank you, thank you. 
like, share, and subscribe. This is going directly to Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, almost uh, 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 Google, Apple. It's going to all of the podcasts. It's going banging, you know. Hey, it's going down. I love y'all. Uh, continue to support the Terry Whitfield Yashab in Israel podcast show. This episode is is, is titled Yashab in Israel versus Chris Harris on the Sunnita show.